Hello, I'm Dr. Joseph Kern, and welcome to A Radiant Moment. Get ready to receive helpful insights and a relevant word for today's world. For service times, live streaming, and location, visit us online at RadiantLifeAZ.com. Now, let's listen in as we bring you a powerful and dynamic word for your life today. This is A Radiant Moment with Dr. Joseph Kern. So if you have not been here, if this is your first day, I'm going to warn you, you're probably going to go, what the heck is he talking about? But I was here for seven weeks laying foundation before we got to where we're coming. So trust me, we're not teaching fanaticism or we're, I mean, this is from the Bible, but we were looking from archaeology, historical sound, and you just happened to hit the last day of, the, of this part in the series. And what is today? Genesis 6 reveals Satan's endgame part two. Genesis 6 reveals Satan's endgame part two. I will go over time today, but I don't think you will be disappointed. Why? But I'm warning you already. Amen. It's going to be powerful. Let's do the prayer that we pray every week. Without the Holy Spirit, I can do nothing. So put your hands in your eyes. Say, Holy Spirit, give me 40 vision that I might know the heights, the depths, the length, and the breadth of your will and your word. Help Pastor Joe. So he's not boring. In Jesus' name. Everybody said it. Amen. All right. Genesis 6 reveals Satan's endgame part two. Here's where I'm going to take all those seven weeks, and I'm going to show you how it's manifesting today to set us up for the great delusion. All right. The greatest event in history is about to take place. I don't know when, but we know it's going to take place soon. And it's found in... 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 15 through 18. It's called the rapture of the church. Let's hear it. For this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. I'm not exactly sure, but the rapture of the church is like one of the most controversial subjects in the kingdom right now. And I think the only reason why it's so controversial is because we have a lot of people who love this world and they don't want to leave it. Because the Bible is clear. That there's going to be a rapture of the church, and the only ones that are going are the ones who pray, come quickly, Lord Jesus, according to the last book of Revelation. But I want you to notice the key word here is it says that they were caught up. The Greek word is harpazo. Say harpazo. It means to seize, to carry off by force, to seize on, to claim for oneself eagerly, to snatch out our way. So it literally means to, to snatch away. And the Bible says there's one day that the church is going to be snatched away from off the earth. In the Latin, it uses the word rapture, where we get the word rapture. So when people say rapture is not in the Bible, they're very ignorant. They don't understand it's just the Latin way of saying harpazo. Rapture is rapture, English, rapture in Latin, harpazo in Greek. So rapture is in the Bible. Let me give you a little definition that I came up with a long time ago as a theologian. 
The, the rapture is the idea that Jesus Christ will return for his true church just before the beginning of the great tribulation and a secret gathering are catching away. So obviously, I am pre-tribulation rapture. There's those who believe it would be in the middle. Some believe at the end, so they call it pre, post, mid. I happen to believe pre. If I'm wrong, it doesn't bother me because I don't care. Wherever I go, God's with me. Amen. But as far as theologically, I'm letting you know I am pre-trib. Now, in the last days, we are told that before the rapture of the church, the Bible does speak, or at least before the tribulation, the Bible speaks of a coming strong delusion. Let's go to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, 8-12, play it. And then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of Satan with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all unrighteous deception among those who perish, because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this reason God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie, that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth, but had pleasure in unrighteousness. The scripture is clear that in the last days, a leader will arise, a world leader, who the Bible calls the wicked one, and other scriptures it calls him the Antichrist, because he comes in the place of Christ. He claims to be God, and the Bible says he's going to come with lying wonders. The scripture says lying wonders. Now, this is really important to understand because these are not lying wonders in the sense that they aren't real miracles, are their illusions. They are lying wonders because they don't lead to the truth. See, a lot of people don't understand. They go, oh, well, when the Antichrist comes, he's going to do fakery. Fake. No, that's not. Lying wonders, no. They're real miracles, but they're called lying wonders because they don't lead you to God. They lead you to the devil. They're lying wonders, not because they're fake. They're lying wonders because they don't lead you to the truth, who Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Amen. Now, it's really interesting because it uses two words, strong delusion. The word strong is the Greek word energia. It's translated of superhuman power, whether of God or the devil. Delusion is the Greek word plane, by the way, which I also said where the Greeks get the word planets, meaning fraudulent or to lead astray. So the Antichrist will utilize the supernatural power that leads men astray. In fact, I taught this already last week, but just to remind you, the strong delusion, it's in his word itself. It says spirits, seducing spirits, being fraudulent, pretending they're from plan A, other planets. That's the strong delusion. That's what we're walking in, that we have spirits masquerading that they're from plan A, or another what? Planets. That's literally what that means in the Greek. And Jesus told us, well, it's interesting. This, before I get into that, this delusion is so strong that the Bible says, this, this leading astray, this strong delusion, that even some believers will be deceived by it. Look at 1 Timothy 4, 1 through 3. Now the Spirit speaketh expressively that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith, giving heed to, notice, seducing spirits. That keeps coming up, seducing spirits and doctrines of devils. So the Bible says that even some people who are believers might depart from the faith. The word seduce means to lead astray, to stray from the truth. And then Jesus even adds more to this in Mark 13, 21 through 23, look what Jesus said. And then if any man shall say to you, lo, here is Christ, or lo, here he is, believe him not. For false Christ and false prophets shall arise 
and shall show signs and wonders to seduce, notice again, seduce, if it were possible, even the elect. But take ye heed, behold, I have told you all things. So if we recap, Jesus says false prophets and false Christs are going to appear in the last days. They're going to show signs and wonders. The Bible says actually lying signs and wonders because they don't lead you to God. They lead you to the opposite. They lead you to Satan. And they shall attempt to seduce the very elect. They will actually try to deceive actual believers. And I've never seen so many believers right now being seduced. Come on. And then Jesus says, and behold, I warned you before it happened. And in like manner, I feel like right now I am warning you about with one of the most important messages that you may not realize today, but in the days to come, you'll look back and say, wow, pastor warned us about what is hidden the earth today. The Bible then says that we're going to see Genesis 6 happen again in regards to the fallen ones, the, the, the angels, the, fall, the sons of God, they're going to be fallen again. Look at it. Jesus said in Mark 13, 24 to 25, but in those days after that tribulation, so during the tribulation, the sun shall be darkened, the moon shall not give her light, and the stars of heaven shall fall. This is speaking of principalities, that fallen angels are going to come to the earth, and the powers that are in the heaven shall be shaken. Wow. So the scripture hints here, Jesus hints at the return of the sons of God. In fact, Jesus said in order to understand the days we're living in today, the last days, you have to go back to the antediluvian days or the days before the flood to understand the last days. Look at Matthew 24, 37 through 38. But as the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. So exactly the way it was in Genesis 6, so shall it be in the last days, right before the coming of the Lord. Now, everything I've said so far, I've already covered for seven weeks, so we're really just recapping for those who are new. And there were three things that I shared last week that I'll share again that happened in Genesis 6 that you need to understand. Because whenever you talk to Christians, they're so ignorant, all they know is that there was a bunch of animals on an ark. That was... During the flood, but before the flood is what Jesus was talking about. Three things happened. First, write this down. If you don't know what I'm talking about, write this down. The first thing that happened in Genesis 6 is that Enoch was translated. In Genesis 5.25, in order to understand it, you actually have to go to Hebrews 11.5. It says, by faith, Enoch was translated that he should not see death and was not found because God had translated him for before his translation. He had this testimony that he pleased God. So here we read in Genesis 6, a guy was raptured, literally caught up. And you're saying, well, why is that there? Because it's a foreshadowing of the last days. Well, how could it be a shadow of the, of the church rapture? Enoch was just one guy. Have you forgotten the church is just one man, Jesus? Come on. So now all you got to ask it, um, was Enoch, you know, pre-flood, mid-flood, or post-flood? That's a little joke. Okay, little jokey joke. So what we find here is what? A rapture taking place in the days. Remember Jesus said, look in Genesis 6, that's what's going to happen in the last. Second thing that happened, the alien invasion of the sons of God in Genesis 6, which is a precursor to the future. The sons of God came down. And we already showed you how they appeared. We went through history, archaeology. We went through all that. Third thing that happened, the appearance of the genetically engineered Nephilim, or Nephilim, are the fallen ones who became known as the men of renown, the half-breeds. The ones who are the result of either genetic engineering or sexual interaction between fallen angels and women produce the Nephilim. And what's crazy, Jesus said all three of those things will happen in the last days. I believe this last day deception 
is already here and that many of the elect are already being deceived. In fact, again, Matthew 24, 24, Jesus said, for there shall arise false Christ, false prophets. They shall show great signs and wonders insomuch that if it were possible, they shall deceive the very elect. This delusion that I'm revealing to you and, and, and teaching on for the last eight weeks is so strong that the, Jesus said, if it's possible, some of the elect will, be, will fall for this. Now, I believe it began in 1947, at least the coming down of the fallen ones, the return of the fallen angels. And all you have to do is go back to Roswell, New Mexico, the location of the modern UFO phenomenon where supposedly the U.S. government retrieved a flying disc and four foreign occupants in July of 1947. Now, before you start mocking and start thinking that's ridiculous, I need to explain to you that when this took place, they actually announced in the papers that they had captured a, a disc and that there were some occupants that went around the world. It caused such a tumult that the next day they denied. They said, oh, we made a mistake. It wasn't a UFO. It was weather balloon. But almost everyone surrounded from the event, most of them are dead now, later on testified that they lied, that it was not a weather balloon. But we don't even have to look at their testimonies. Guess what? In the last few years, the government has been releasing their files. So I'm not preaching conspiracy. What does the FBI say about it? Here's a report on the file that you can download. In 2011, the FBI made thousands of files available on a new online resource. It's called The Vault. So this is from the FBI file. Here's their file on what happened in Roswell. I'm going to read it to you. And he, among them is a memo to the FBI director from Guy Hotel, the special agent in charge of the Washington field office in 1950. This memo I'm reading to you is dated March 22nd, 1950. Let me read it to you. As investigator for the Air Force stated that there, the three so-called flying saucers had been recovered in New Mexico. Wow. They were described as being circular in shape with raised centers approximately 50 feet in diameter. Each one was occupied by three bodies of human shape, but only three feet tall, dressed in metallic cloth of a very fine texture. Each body was bandaged in a manner similar to the blackout suits used by speed flyers and test pilots. According to Mr. Blanked out, or blacked out, informant, the saucers were found in New Mexico due to the fact that the government had a very high-powered radar set up in the area that is believed that the radar interfered with the controlling mechanics of the saucers no further evaluation was attended by ea blank concerning the above so now you hear the fbi an actual official document telling you that there was um, um ufos that crashed they got four occupants three to four and that it was caused they believe because the radar equipment they were doing messed with the mechanics of the flying saucer and that's why it flew now you go what does that have to do with the fallen angels if you've been here for some weeks, then you understand, but let me add this. Where the UFO landed north of Roswell, guess where it landed on? The 33rd parallel. You're saying, what's the big deal with that? We should have been here for class one. Because in class one, I told you when the fallen angels landed, when they came to earth, what mountain did they land on? Mount Hermon happens to be 33 north, 33 south, on, on, on the, the perimeter of the earth. And Mount Hermon is 33, 33 north, 33 south. Now, why is that important? Because 33 represents their number. 33 in decimal point is one third. How many fell from heaven? And that's exactly where they landed. And if you look at the picture where they landed from heaven's point of view, the shape of the mountain looks like an angel with its fist in the air like this. Now, here's what's interesting. 
That's where they landed, and that, that's when Genesis began, Genesis 6, when they landed on Mount Hermon on the 33rd parallel. Roswell is, guess where at? What? On the 33rd parallel on the opposite side of the world. In fact, if you draw a straight line on the world map beginning with Mount Hermon on the 33rd parallel, just draw a straight line, you will pass through Roswell on the North American continent. If you take where the UFO landed and multiply it 33 north by the universal concept of pi, 3.14, it gives you the longitude where they landed, 104 of the crash site. In other words, where they landed is, is the same place they landed, but on the opposite side of the world, and there's, they actually use mathematics, so you would understand this is not an accident. Pi was involved in even in their landing. The value of pi is one of the most important numbers of geometry. Without an understanding of this number, the science of building, architecture, and navigation is not possible. Historians actually base one of the classifications of a true civilization on its achievement of pi one. So, or pi, excuse me. So what's interesting, they said they would come back. And when they came back, they came on the same line on the opposite side of the world. Roswell, New Mexico. Now, here's what's interesting. Let's keep going. Let's build this, cor this, this case. Colonel Philip J. Corso. How many of you have ever heard of him? Not too many. He was a member of President Eisenhower's National Security Council and former head of the Foreign Technology Desk at the U.S. Army's Research and Development Department. Saints, he was over our nuclear weapons. This is not no small fry, Okay. It is said that he briefed Attorney General Robert Kennedy on the UFO in 1962. He wrote a book called The Day After Roswell. Saints, this is the highest official who ever came out to warn us about what took place. In fact, let's watch a little video clip when he talked with um, Robert Kennedy. Let's go ahead and watch it. I was on the White House for four years. I knew how the government operated. General Trudeau knew how the oper Turn government operated. And the other people I worked with. We were familiar with the government. We were familiar with CIA's operations, State Department operations. We knew this. We knew the way they operated and who the people were. In fact, I just, I, I uh, discussed this very thoroughly with Robert Kennedy at the time, Attorney General, the President's brother. In this recently uncovered interview by Open Minds, Colonel Philip J. Corso claims that while he was the chief of the Army's Foreign Technology Division in the early 1960s, he made then Attorney General Robert Kennedy aware of an alien presence. Colonel Corso claims he spoke with Robert Kennedy face to face. He knew about the flying saucers. I talked to him about it. I used to meet him when he was Attorney General right in his office. Open Minds researcher Maurizio Baiata conducted the interview in July of 1997. At that time, he was editor of two magazines in Italy that dealt with the UFO phenomenon. Corso was in Washington. The Attorney General was in Washington. So it was feasible that whatever delicate information had to, come, had to go to uh, the Attorney General, Corso, as in, in person, had to inform. And Let's go and stop it right there because I have so much what, to go. To Let's go and stop the video right there. He, you know what the most amazing part is? Listen to this. Philip Corso claims he was given personal stewardship over some of the alien artifacts from the Roswell crash and, and spearheaded the Army's reverse engineering project, which led to today's... Listen to this. So he was given the artifacts from Area 51... It later went to Area 51, but before that, when it was in Roswell, they gave it to him to reverse engineer it. And guess what came out of that? Listen to this. Integrated circuit chips, fiber optics, lasers, super tenacity fibers, and seeded the Roswell alien technology to giants of American industry. Basically, all that technology in the phone in your hand came from Roswell. This is what they're claiming. 
high officials in the government. Now, if you've been here for some weeks and you know the first time they came, we find out that the fallen angels were teaching what? Technology to the first humans. Teaching them building technology, taught them weapons of war, taught them about weight makeup, taught them about um, um, plants. And we, we, we went and looked. In fact, one of the guys was named Semjazi. Remember that? And another one was, I mean, there's a whole bunch of names we, we, that, that we learned. In fact, one of them is actually named after the, 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 the goat. One of the two goats is named after one of the fallen beings. Remember, we studied all that. If you don't know what I'm talking about, please go back. Amen. Now, here's what's crazy. Remember, they landed where? On Mount what? Let's show a picture of Mount Hermon. On Mount Hermon right now, the same place where, by the way, Jesus transfigured. Look what you see up there. You see on top of Mount Hermon is a radar UN. It's a UN radar outpost along with a cross not far from it that marks the spot that the locals believe Jesus was transfigured. What is the UN observatory doing on Mount Hermon where the fallen ones landed? You think they might be waiting for another return? In other words, you may think it's a joke. The government doesn't think it's a joke at all. In fact, Jesus said, when they come back, that many people have heart attacks when they see these beings descend. Luke 21, 25 through 26. And there should be signs in the sun and in the moon and in the stars and upon the earth, distress of nations with perplexity, the sea and the wavings roaring. Verse 20. Men's hearts felling them for fear and for looking after those things which are coming on the earth for the powers of heaven shall be shaken. The Bible says that when the powers of heaven are shaken, and Revelation 12 tells us what that means, they literally is a war in heaven, and then the, he's forced to come to the earth. And when they descend on the earth, Revelation 9, they put an army together. I already covered all this. Guess what? Men's hearts begin to faint because they have never seen such a thing displayed in the heavens. Now, if you're one of those fools, well, I'll get saved in the tribulation. If you ain't saved now and it's nothing like that, what makes you think when all that demonic stuff starts to appear on the earth, you're going to think you're going to make it? Brother, you're going to be one of those, you know. <laughs> You'll be saying, Elizabeth, Elizabeth. Yeah. <laughs> Only those 40 and older know what Elizabeth means. Sanford and Sons, go look it up, okay. Now, see, I'm putting all this together. Let's talk about UFO abductions. Some research report that 1% to 5% of the world population has been abducted. If you just take 1%, you know what I mean? Millions of people, that is, that claim they've been abducted. Many of the abductees report the implanting, listen to this, and harvesting of human fetuses seems to be the objective by way of sexual intercourse or genetic engineering. So all these abductees are claiming that when they're taken, that some of them... Through medical beings, fetuses are placed in women. This is what they're claiming. And some claiming to actually have intercourse with the aliens to produce a hybrid race. Excuse me, where have we read about this? Doesn't that sound like Genesis chapter 6? And the ones who are being abducted are claiming that there's a lot of sexual activity going on between aliens and demons. Now, that may sound crazy to you, and it is crazy, but it happened in the past, and Jesus said it would happen in, in, in the future. And here's what's crazy. If you just take a logical point of view, why would E.T. come five billion planets, five billion miles away just to look at my private parts? That sounds ridiculous. But if you understand Genesis 6, and you understand what the end game is, a hybrid race. Come on, talk to me. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Let's go back to Genesis 6. I want you to notice. See, we got to keep going back. 
And it came to pass when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born into them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men. And what did they do? They were fair. And they what? Took them. That word is lequak in Hebrew. It means to carry away, to fetch, to snatch, to abduct. So when the fallen angels came, what they start doing? The first thing they start doing was abducting women. And what was the purpose? To produce the Nephilim. And now we have UFOs coming down, snatching women, impregnating them, sometimes through sex, sometimes through genetic engineering, and they, and they show them the child and say, I mean, this is what we're being told. Um, have we not heard of this before? Saints, we haven't even begun. Wait till the saints are gone and the devil has his, I mean, the stuff that's going to be appearing all over the earth, people are going to be dying of heart attacks. Let's look at some of the UFO quotes. You have John E. Mack, MD, professor of psychiatry at Harvard. He's been studying this for 30 years. They are taking this so serious. Harvard's been studying abductions for 30 years. Let me give you a quote. John Mack, is it possible that through a vast hybridization program, an effort is being made to place the planet under a kind of receivership? After his 30 years of studying abductions, and realizing that there's a lot of weirdness going on, that women getting pregnant, there's this interaction, sexual interaction between humans and aliens, according to the abduction people, when they hypnotize them and do all that. He says, is it possible they're trying to produce a lot of half-breeds, if I can use the term, in the community, in the earth, so when they're ready to reveal themselves, you receive them because you already have half-human, half-among you. That's according, that's what Harvard's saying, that we're being set up for a receiving of an alien force by this hybridization program. Whoa. What are you going to do if all of a sudden you have 10,000 people come out and say, you didn't know it, but I'm actually half alien. Let me show you my powers. Whoa, watch out, brother. Now, let's continue. I got to continue. Lynn Coteau, senior biography for the Library of Congress, prepared a 1600 entry on UFO bibliography. She says, listen to this, many of the UFO reports now being published in the popular press recount alleged incidents that are strikingly similar to demonic possession and psychic phenomenon, which have been long known to theologians and parapsychologists. She says most of these abductions and these encounters with UFOs are very similar to demon possession. You know why? Because it is. It's the same spirit. It's the same fallen angels that came down the first time are doing it the second time. They're not demons. Next week, we'll, I'll tell you the difference between fallen angels and demons. These are fallen angels pretending they have come back like they promised. Are you following me? Let's continue. Guy Malone commenting on Jacques Vallée, a world-renowned UFO. In fact, he's the one who helped make third, um, close encounters of a fourth kind, or third kind, whatever the name was. I can't remember now. But let's look at his quote. Valley championed what is now known among UFO researchers as the interdimensional hypothesis opposed to the extraterrestrial hypothesis. Look at this. You got to look it forward. You got to hear what I'm saying. Jacques Vallée, one of the most renowned UFOlogists, respected. They say he's balanced. He says, we now know E.T. isn't coming from far away. He's actually on the planet. He's interdimensional. In other words, they're not flying billions and billions of miles. They're already here. They're just, they're just coming from one dimension to the next and then going back on the same planet. Okay, who has that ability? Fallen angels. Remember we, the teaching on Okotirian a few weeks ago? See, all those things I said was so that you could come back. Fallen angels have that type of thing where they can move what? Enter what? Dimensionally. Are you following me? This is coming from scientists. Now, here's what's crazy. I started with the rapture of the church because all the new ages are teaching that ETs are friends, UFOs are friends, and in all their writings, there's a group of people who the ETs don't like. 
and they name them. Guess who they don't like? Christians. And they keep being told that they're going to take us off the planet so that the rest of earth can vibe together to bring the age of Aquarius. No, this is what they're, they're being told. So watch this. We're already being, the world is already set up for an excuse for the rapture. What happened to us? Oh, they were taken. That was the waste of the earth taken by the ETs because we need to move on. Oh, you don't believe me. People used to say, Pastor, you are making us up. Okay, here's the quotes. Here's the book from, let's read it. Here's Kay Wheeler, Spring 1994, issue of Connecting Link magazine. The mother is cleansing. It's all that she knows to do at this time to clear herself of the pollution that exists within her body. If you read the whole book, the pollution is Christians. Many of these beings, talking of you, have appointments to leave at this time. Earth's population needs to be decreased to bring forth the necessary changes upon the planet to move into the fourth dimension. Those polluted Christians are keeping us from moving into a new spiritual dimension. And once they're gone, we can all move in one vibration. Barbara Marcinek in Bringers of the Dawn. The people who leave the planet during the time of earth changes, talking about the Christians, do not fit here any longer. Did you know you don't belong here anymore? The New Ages have already told us we don't belong here. Oh, I'm glad they think that because the Bible does say I'm just a pilgrim, but boy, do you have to be that mean? Come on. They are stopping the harmony of the earth. You are stopping the harmony of the earth. When the time comes that perhaps 20 million people leave the planet at one time, there will be a tremendous shift in consciousness for those who are remaining. Boy, they must not think a lot of Christians are living the life. They only named 20 million. We're going to lose about 20 million of them. That says a lot about Christianity in many ways. According to New Age author Timothy Green Beckley, the extraterrestrials, because he's in communication with them, say this. Those who refuse to be enlightened and infused with the light of God will be taken to other planets that are uninhabited but habitable, and there they will make a new start. So they're already being told, me and you, we're taking to other planets because, so the earth can move on in that vibration and move to the evolution of man and to you know, whatever we need, they need to move into. One last one, Johanna Michelson. A spirit guide told her, check this out. I'm just going to go down to the bottom. That two billion people who didn't go along with the new age would be wiped off the face of the earth during the coming cleansing. So now they go, well, maybe there's more than 20 million. Let's add, there might be two billion Christians that go. Saints, look at me. So two billion Christians aren't going to be taken because you are keeping the earth from moving on to its evolution of the new man. Now, so we, it's clearly seen that the sons of God have returned. Not in their full force, but the sons of God are here. Where's the giants? I'm glad you asked. Because not only does it seem to appear that we're beginning to see the return of the, of the sons of God, but there seems to be reappearance of the fallen ones are the genetically engineered Nephilim. Story I'm about to give to you, people tell me, oh, that's fake. Guess what? I now got proof because I got three people on camera who were there. I'm about to tell you a story that is going to rock your world. It's called The Giant of Kandahar. This is a true story. In 2002, the United States Special Forces engaged and killed a giant in Afghanistan. Interesting, the area where all this began, in the Middle East, Mesopotamia. While on patrol looking for a lost unit in an isolated part of the country, the giant, listen to this, was 12 to 15 feet in height with long red hair, six fingers, six toes, and weighed about 1,100 pounds. Saints, Stand up, um, Kevin, come here. Stand up next to me. Kevin, how tall are you? Six foot 
He's six foot seven. The giant was 15 foot. That's three times his size. Now, I'm already afraid of you now just looking like this. Can you imagine seeing a guy three times his height, red hair, the Nephilim, as I've been describing, that were all over the... It's the reason why I took my time in this. Six fingers, six toes. The giant took the life of an American soldier by screwing him to death with a pike-like weapon. When they were shocked, number one, they weren't expecting to see this. And this big 15-foot red-haired giant with ancient weapons comes out. And then he moved so quickly, they thought he was going to... I mean, he moved like a flash. And before they noticed, they, he already had one of the special seals on a, on a skewer, like on a spear. The remainder of the team opened fire, repeatedly shooting the creature in the face, eventually killing him. The full length of the engagement was only 30 seconds. An AC-130 an, an AC pilot flew the huge corps back to um, base in Ohio. You guys want to hear their testimony? Let's play it. We would come back to the base, and we started hearing this rumor about a unit that killed uh, this, what they started calling this really tall person. At first, I didn't think anything of it. And come to find out that the uh, person that they killed actually was three times the size of a man, had extra digits on their hand and digits on their feet, and had red hair. And uh, a special unit had come in and wanted this uh, target. You were in Afghanistan in 2002, and you were called into a very remote section of Afghanistan because a patrol um, had basically gone missing. Exactly. Okay. Exactly. Well, we just around around nothing. For miles. Right. Very remote. Yeah, very remote. So we flew in. About four clicks, kilometers. We're hiking through the same area where they were supposed to make one of their checkpoints, you know, one of their rally points. And before we left, there was all kinds of what happened with an ambush. But that was even odd because at the point of ambush, you call for me close air support, something. Okay. There was no calls made. Just off the, off the bridge. So we're coming down a, a mountainside, and there was a nice, nice path, goat path. As we bent around this corner, you could see this open of the cave. There's a cave. If we're coming around, and then I see there's a lot of rocks, which is another oddity, and then bone matter. When I'm not close enough to identify what kind of bones, but I did see something I knew was a piece of our communications equipment. So instantly, we're thinking ambush, maybe animal, you know, it could be anything. And there was enough room in front of this cave, but it had a sheer drop-off. But there was enough room that we actually got into a decent dispersal in case of ambush. You see something coming out of the cave, and it's moving with a speed and agility that catches you off guard. Everybody. Everybody. And he comes out. <laughs> It was a man at least 12 to 15 feet. This is a monster, red beard, and his hair was long past the shoulder, a scarlet red, and Dan runs at him, starts shooting, broke all of us into the mouth. Because it was so, so now, now your training is kicking Oh, yeah. Okay. Muscle memory. That complete muscle memory. While Dan is moving at him, another bro of mine's laying down fire and I start firing. He skewers Dan. He's now got him on this pipe. It went through him. He's still got him. And he's coming after more. We all just clicked in. I don't know what it was. 
But I remember we're all like, shoot him in the face, shoot him in the face. And all weapons components were in four. We had real eights. And we had barrel This is sounding longer than it took. We're talking 30 seconds. And he's taking multiple hits. And he's still moving. Dan was dead. All of a sudden we had a helicopter show up because like I told you, it was a large precipice and a sheer drop. So the helicopter just came up from the drop. They had dropped netting, which is like a cargo netting. It's like squares. We were told we had to bundle him up. And we get another bigger helicopter, but it's almost like a jolly green giant used to look back in the day that could get, you know, through this area. Because the mountains, you gotta remember, Chinooks could only go in certain places because they had enough lift. Mm -hmm. And uh, so we got him on there. The thing was too big, we couldn't move it. But once the helicopter came in, dropped its little hook, and off he goes. The communication was sent out that we had a very large, possible human creature. We had uh, six on my crew, and uh, when we say hills of Afghanistan, uh, for us, we did not fly into the wilderness. We actually flew into a base. Uh, I guess this thing was transloaded out of the uh, mountains by Let's go ahead and stop there. But I could see that it did. What you're hearing is the voice of the actual pilot. So you saw, you had three people. My point is, how many you know that that would be scary if you're in the military force, you go to Afghanistan, and all of a sudden you're faced with a 15-foot red-haired giant from ages ago? Now, here's what's fascinating. Where was this giant fought? Kandahar, Afghanistan. Did any of you notice on April 13, 2017, something happened that had never happened before? The U.S. military dropped the Moab on Afghanistan, the mother of all bombs. It happened at 7.32 p.m. local time, according to four U.S. military officials with direct knowledge of the mission. A Moab is a 30-foot-long, 21 um, 1,600-pound GPS-guided um, um, munition. In fact, it's right underneath the nuclear bomb. I mean, there's nothing more powerful than the mother of all bombs called the Moab. The, listen to what the official said it was targeting. It was targeting an ISIS cave and tunnel complex. So you mean they had to use one of the strongest bombs of all time to get rid of a few ISIS people? It's in the same area where this guy was found. I think there might be more than what they're telling you. And that Moab bomb was to try to get rid of whatever the rest was in there. Fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. Let's talk about super soldiers. Because one of the things that's interesting, now remember this took place in 2002. According to intelligence, some theorize that the government is siphoning this giant's DNA, analyzing it, and back-engineering it to produce more powerful super soldiers. That they're taking its DNA to produce super soldiers. So let's talk about super soldiers. In an article titled, How the Pentagon is Building the Enhanced Super Soldiers of Tomorrow, John Kneffel, in January 7, 2016, he writes, in wide-range remarks delivered last month, Deputy Secretary of Defense Robert Work suggested that the United States enemies are working on ways to develop super soldiers reminiscent of Captain America. So they are telling you that around the world, governments are working on super or excuse me, super soldiers that equivalent to what you see in Captain America. 
In an article titled DARPA Continues Human Experiments to Create Military Super Soldiers by Suzanne, April 10th, 2013, she writes, the Defense Advanced Research Project, agency DARPA, has a two billion yearly budget for research into creating, this is what they're doing, they've already been doing this, a super soldier, as well as developing a synthetic police force. Oh, I'm about to show you some things you've never heard. Working with the human genome, DARPA hopes to manipulate certain genes expressions and experimentation DARPA and the military industrial pharmaceutical complex are using natural abilities that are enhanced through genetic engineering. Some of the medical feats DARPA would like to enhance are the ability of military soldiers to regrow limbs destroyed in battle. By the way, they're telling you what they've already been doing. I have people who were in the first Gulf War, one of them's in our church, and she actually had to intermingle with the super soldiers. That's all I'll tell you there. This is not science fiction. They're letting it out so you're not so shocked when it finally does, but some people's hearts are still going to be given out when it comes out. On November 24, 2014, more than a dozen buildings, this is interesting, in Ferguson, Missouri, were set on fire by protesters during the riot over the shooting death of Michael Brown. I remember that. Well, one of the locals got a video of some of the military that came out. And I have it. I took pictures, and you, you, it's in your PowerPoint. The U.S. military was brought in to bring peace and to protect an, an advanced auto business from being set on fire. Look at the pictures. In the video clip, there appears to be a man in military garb that can only be described as a giant super soldier. Look at this guy. That is not a fake picture. You can see his head reaches almost the poster. He's standing next to a guy right next to him. Go to the next picture that I took from the video. Look at how big that dude is. Look at the car. And then look at him. Look at the guy next to him. So they're slowly bringing out these big people at these events. And people are noticing. Well, how can you not notice a guy that's double the size of a man? I think they're slowly bringing them out so that, again, you get comfortable with them. That is absolutely insane. Now, what I'm about to give you is information you will not find in the internet. I got it specifically straight on from a guy who worked in Era 51 named Dr. Deagle. Are you ready for an interview? I did this in two, 19, it actually was 2000 because I was getting ready. I was hired to do a video on, on um, Y2K. So this was, this was done in 2000. Listen to the information I learned then. Dr. Deagle, you're looking at him right there. He worked as a contract physician with companies working with the United States government on NORAD, U.S. Space Command. By the way, they said that didn't exist, but just two days ago, Donald Trump just announced it with, with um, one of the Buzz Aldrin standing next to him. Supposedly Space Command. Anyway, we'll continue. Advanced Cray supercomputers, large array. He worked with the EMP-proof microchips. Now... Here, what he told me, here is some of the technology he claims the government already has in their possession. Now, remember, this is old. Here's what he told me then. Super soldiers. He told me he called them cybernetic warriors. He said the Germans began cloning them in 1927. They succeeded in cloning super soldiers in 1982 at the Moscow Institute for Biological Research with American and Russian scientists using Russian women as the host. That's why you ever notice when you see these um, super soldiers, it's always a woman. You know, a lot of the, if you look at the, the storylines, it's because they're showing you, they're telling you the history. They started with the Russian women on this. 
Now, listen to what these super soldiers can do. This is absolutely amazing. They can run 30 plus miles an hour. They can carry a 300 pound backpack. They see in the total darkness. They have mind to weapons interface. They don't have to use human reflexes. In other words, they're connecting in line so they can actually set bombs off with their heads. They are actuated, I had to have them explain this to me. They are actuated in super speeds where no man can counteract. I go, what, does, what do you mean actuated? He says, in other words, they move and you can't see it. They can take out 40 guys before you can see it. They just move that quick. Can you imagine? Are we not seeing this in the movies? And they show where they're slowed down, everyone's slowed down, and the other guy's just all over? Where do you think they're coming up with this stuff? It's real. Check this out. Oh, they are fully integrated onto the battlefield weapon system so that they can interface with battlefield vision and satellite-based imaging systems. They can find anywhere, anywhere, because they can tap into the satellite, download their mind. They can go anywhere they need to go. They can see directly from satellite, wired directly from their cortex. They can activate weapon systems and drop shells. Here's, now follow this. This is going to blow your mind. They have the Hercules gene that they isolated from jackals. Why? They're 12 times the strength of mammals. They can inject a super soldier serum. Remember, I was told this in 2000. As used on Mark Zeller, he even gave me an example of a guy who claims this, that caused him to grow six and a half inches of height at age 29, 100 pounds in weight in six months. So they have a super soldier serum to turn these people into super soldiers. Um, doesn't that remind you of Captain America? They injected him. Now, that just came out in the last few years. I was told this. These notes are from 2000 before the movies were out. My point is, they're already here. Are you ready for this? He told me this too. This is going to blow your mind. This is where, remember the chimera, half human, half animal? Listen to this. This is what he told me. He said, Joseph, they already have the New World Army. I go, they do? Oh, my God. Again, this, I'm only sharing this publicly right now. They're weaponized baboons. In, they're, they're located in galvanized Texas, he told me. Listen, this, this is what they call the New World Order Army. They have remote auto-controlled um, put-on-kill mode. Let me repeat. Remote auto-controlled put-on-kill mode. So they have peace mode, kill mode, but it's remote-controlled. They wear nano armor that can stop anything. A an 85-pound baboon of this army can throw a 300-pound man anywhere. They run 35 miles per hour. They can jump 15 to 20 feet in the air. And they're controlled by a device that goes over the head. Doesn't that, again, doesn't that look like all these movies coming out? And it's a baboon. He then told me about the Hercules gene, which only in the last three years are they now talking about it on the internet. Scientists, listen to this, have isolated the active myosin gene from jackals and horizontally inserted it to create animal and human hybrids with the Hercules gene. Why jackals? They have 12 times the strength of any mammal per pound. The news has reported, even right now, this is recently now, and you can see it, in, I, just, I, just put it I just put it in your, your, your PowerPoint slide. The news has now reported two babies born with the Hercules gene, the mutant gene that prevents them from producing myostatin, the protein that inhibits excessive muscle growth. Okay, right now, you can, there's a picture. Two babies were born with the Hercules gene. Saints, you're not born with the Hercules gene. You have to be what? Genetically engineered. They're telling you they're born. What are they, I mean, they're, they're already putting it in babies. Let me give you the information. There was a super baby born with twice as much muscle as other infants in Germany in 2004. Name never released. You can see the pictures up there. In the fall of 2005, Mr. and Mrs. Hoekstra adopt a young boy from Liam. Notice he's adopted, so they didn't give birth. So they don't really know where this kid's from. They're taking care of him. 
He's growing muscles at an astounding rate. He was hanging on rings in an iron cross position by five months, doing pull-ups by nine months. On October 20, 2015, CNN reported scientists in China say they have created dogs that are twice as strong as they would be naturally through genetic engineering. The two modified beagles named Hercules and Tango had a myostatin gene deleted at the embryo stage. The purpose of this genetic enhancement study is to pursue to help cure human diseases. So they're putting the Hercules gene in these dogs. Don't mess with those dogs. They're putting it in babies. In other words, everything we learned in Genesis 6, they're doing right now. Already creating a hybrid babies with jackal genes who are, who they can kick your tail at a year old. I don't know how to say it. They can pick up weights a grown man can't pick up at a year, two years old. And they're now telling us. An article in Time called 2045, let's show the picture. The year man becomes immortal by Levi Grossman is about singularity. The year man and machines integrate become one with one of the goals being life extension. They're saying by 2045, we will be one with machines and all of us will have eternal life. 2045. Um, and why? Because they found the answer. They realized that telomeres, we all have telomeres in the end of our DNA. Every time they shorten, that means you're about to die. And when you can't grow any more telomeres... Guess what happens? You're dead. They've discovered ways of genetic engineering to increase your telomeres. What does that mean? I never die. And they're saying by 2045, if we don't want to, we won't. Are you hearing what I'm saying? In February of 2012, the first global future 2045 Congress was held in Moscow. Our forecast Wait, for the next forecast. I know you're excited. Just hold off for a second. I need to set this up. Now, remember, they're saying by 2045, singularity will happen. What does that mean? Man and computers become one. You won't have to learn no more. They you have a chip. You will know, like the Matrix. Now, watch this. Over 50 world-leading scientists from multiple disciplines met to develop a strategy for the future development of humankind. This is the video they put together to map out the timeline. This is, they, this is reality to them. Play the video. Our forecast for the next 40 years. February 2012. Global Future 2045 Congress is held in Moscow. It is a debate platform for discussion of our civilization's prospects for development. 2013 to 2014. New centers working on cybernetic technologies for the development of radical life extension rise. The race for immortality starts. 2015 to 2020. The Avatar is created. A robotic human copy controlled by thought via brain-computer interface. It becomes as popular as a car. In Russia and in the world appear, in testing mode, several breakthrough projects. Android robots to replace people in manufacturing tasks. Android robot servants for every home. Thought-controlled avatars to provide telepresence in any place of the world and abolish the need for business trips. Flying cars. Thought-driven mobile communications built into the body or sprayed onto the skin. 2020 to 2025. An autonomous system providing life support for the brain and allowing it interaction with the environment is created. The brain is transplanted into an Avatar B. With Avatar B, man receives new, expanded life. 2025. 
The new generation of avatars provides complete transmission of sensations from all five sensory robot organs to the operator. 2030 to 2035, ReBrain. The colossal project of brain reverse engineering is implemented. World science comes very close to understanding the principles of consciousness. 2035, the first successful attempt to transfer one's personality to an alternative carrier. The epoch of cybernetic immortality begins. 2040 to 2050, bodies made of nanorobots that can take any shape arise alongside hologram bodies. 2045 to 2050, drastic changes in social structure and in scientific and technological development. All the prerequisites for space expansion are established. For the man of the future, war and violence are unacceptable. The main priority of his development is spiritual self-improvement. A new era dawns. The era of neo-humanity. Did you hear all that? This is real. This is the global conference that took place and they mapped out their, the future of humankind. One of the main goals, I'm reading from their website, of the Congress was to construct a global network of scientists to further research on the development of cybernetic technology with the ultimate goal, listen, of transferring human individual consciousness to an artificial carrier. That means you never die. You just transfer your memory, your soul, they call it soul transfer, to a new mechanism. Oh, it broke down. Let's download it and transfer it somewhere else. Why don't you think about that for a minute? The goal is what? It says, in fact, I don't know if you heard, that we become a god. We have everlasting life. Oh, man. So modern man's work in genetic engineering is fascinating for two reasons. Let me give you this. First reason, genetic engineering man into a hybrid species is what the sons of God did in Genesis 6, which produced the Nephilim, and now we're doing the same thing with robots. Connect, right? Taken to our next evolution. Now, here's what's crazy. The second reason why this is fascinating is because it fulfills Bible prophecy in two ways. Now we're going to go to the Bible. I'm going to close in the next five minutes. First way. It says there will be a group of people, the book of Revelation says, who want to die, but because of advanced technology, they won't be able to. Revelation 9, 6. And in those days shall men seek death and shall not find it. And they shall desire to die and death shall flee from them. How is that possible? By 2045, it, you, it'd be very hard to kill yourself because you have a nanotechnology body which is just indestructible. You have to destroy your consciousness. That won't be easy. Are you... You say, how did the Bible know this years in advance? Jesus needs to come soon because this world is messed up. Second way, this is where I get the chills because I never understood until I, for seven weeks, I taught you on this stuff to bring you to this scripture. During the tribulation period, a fallen angel by the name of Apollyon, which we already discussed, CERN is built on the land of Apollyon, 
and they're supposedly trying to bring him through that stargate. Remember, we already studied all this, but it just so happens, Revelation 9 says that during the tribulation period, a fallen angel named Apollyon leads an army that can only be best described as genetically engineered hybrid warriors, and they destroy one billion, or one, one third of the, the planet. Let's go to Revelation 9, 6 through 10. Play it. Come on, let's hear it. In those days, men will seek death and will not find it. They will desire to die, and death will flee from them. Here's the army. Listen to the description. The shape of the locusts was like horses prepared for battle. On their heads were crowns of something like gold, and their faces were like the faces of men. They had hair like women's hair, and their teeth were like lion's teeth. And they had breastplates like breastplates of iron, and the sound of their wings was like the sound of chariots with many horses running into battle. They had tails like scorpions, and there were stings in their tails. Their power was to hurt men five months. This would not make sense in John's day, but it makes sense because we've seen the X-Men. You have a guy by the name of Apollyon who the Bible says is in another dimension according to Revelation 9 and somehow he's brought out of the pit and he manifests on the earth and I would always go, how does they get the spiritual being to go from the, the one dimension to the next and now we got a place called CERN who has the image of Shiva who's actually trying to do that from their own confessions. I played you their audios. Oh my God. On the place of Apollyon. If we're not in the last days, I don't know how to wake you up. Because they're going to be successful. Something's going to come through that CERN. And he's going to come and he's going to have an army. And it describes them. Bodies shaped like a horse. On their heads were similar to crowns of gold. Faces like men, hair like women. Teeth like lions. Iron like breastplates. Wings that sound like many chariots of horses running. Tails like scorpions that sting. They hurt men for five months. What kind of army is that? That is a genetically engineered Chimera, chimera, whatever you want to call it, half man, half. Doesn't it sound like all those descriptions that I got from Dr. Deagle from Area 51? But I want you to notice something. I'm pre trib. If you want to stay here, enjoy it. <laughs> but if I'm wrong, I'm not worried. Because look at Revelation 9 4. Come on, you need to look at this. You going to give me some extra minutes? And it was commanded them that they should not hurt who? It was commanded to that army that I just described to you, that cybergenetic army, that they should not hurt the grass of the earth, neither any green thing, neither in a tree, but only those men who have not the seal of God in their foreheads. So guess who they can't mess with? Me. You. Um, you need to move on, scorpion-looking thing over there. Nanotechnology weirdo. Move on. You... You know what? This is why it's so important to be a real Christian in the last days. You can be half-baked now, but the demons know the difference. These fallen beings will know the difference. You are not a Christian. Ah, right? They will discern. Man, there's so much I wish I could say, but you know what? Let's keep going. Those with the seal of God cannot be touched. 
The believer's seal is actually the mark of the Holy Spirit in Ephesians 1.13. In whom you are trusted, after that you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. In whom also after that you believe you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. So the seal that these warriors are able to see even with their, whatever, their ability is they can see the mark of God in your life. They can actually see the Spirit of God in you. Isn't that powerful? So they see even beyond infrared, they actually see the spirit realm. They go, oh, that has the seal. We can't touch them. God says we can't touch them. Like Terminators. That's wild. I'm reading you the Bible, not science fiction. Psalm 37, 37 through 38, God says, Mark the perfect man, and behold the upright, for the end of that man is peace, but the transgressor shall be destroyed together. The end of the wicked shall be cut off. So the Bible says, even the book of Psalms, that mark the good man. But the transgressor, he's meat, he's lunch for them. God has always marked the righteous. I want you to notice in Ezekiel, God has an, has an angel mark are still all those who make intercession for the nation. Ezekiel 9.4, and the Lord said unto him, go through the midst of the city, through the midst of Jerusalem, and set a mark upon the foreheads of the men that sigh and that cry for all the abominations that be done in the midst thereof. Right before the destruction of Israel, the destruction of Jerusalem in 586 BC by the Babylonians, God says, angel, go mark those who are intercessors. Those who are intercessors, mark them, and not one of their hair shall be touched. You want to know why I come every Sunday night to pray the gathering? Because I'm a marked man. Prayer gives you a mark that the regular believer don't have. We all have the mark of the Holy Spirit, but he makes a special mark for the intercessor. That's why I come to prayer. I have a revelation of prayer. I understand can't touch this. <laughs> Some of you will get that if you're over 35. <laughs> now, if that was enough, can I give you one last little thing that's wild? This is absolutely wild. There's something called the fairy stinger creature, and it's obviously a genetic engineered thing. And again, I would not give this to you if there wasn't so much study done on this, on the, genu the genuineness of it. You can see, let's show the picture. There, there you go. Christian author L.A. Marzulli of the Watcher series stunned the audience at the Rocky Mountain International Prophecy Conference with images of something people are simply calling the fairy stinger that was shown by renowned Mexican journalist Jaime Masson. It was originally discovered on the side of a highway by a 13-year-old Mexican boy who didn't know what it was. He ultimately turned it over to a well-known Mexican investigative journalist, again, Jaime Masson. It looks very much like the creature described in Revelation 9, along with the stinger on its tail. And the reason why people are believing it, guess what? Let's look at the x-ray. Go to the next picture. You can actually see the skeleton. You can see the wings. You can actually see, check this out. The x-ray shows that the creature's left leg had been broken at one point. In addition, the x-ray reveals, listen to this, that it was shot down, we even know how it died, with a number seven bird shot from 50 to 75 feet away. If you look really close, blow it up with your phone, you can see all the shots. And they can tell, they know what kind of bullet hit it. DNA testing was done and the DNA did not match any known animal. It has a skeleton looking, 
it almost is exactly the description of Revelation 9 with wings, head. Now, we don't know it's hair because it's in its, you know, dead form. Might have had long hair. Has a stinger on the end. And they know it's not fake, again, because you're looking at the x-ray. My point is, what lab did this escape out of? In other words, this is exactly, looks like what is described in Revelation 9, but somehow escaped out of the lab and some boy shot it. It looks like they're doing a miniature version, but it's a live being because it has a skeleton nature. Saints, we're in the last days. So Jesus said, as the days of Noah, so shall it be the last day. Last days. Three things happened. Enoch was raptured. That hasn't happened yet, but we're getting there. The sons of God came down. We're now having interactions with government officials. They're telling us. They're trading technology secrets. UFO, nothing more than fallen angels, because that's how they came the first time. So that's happening now. And they said, and giants, Nephilim appeared. And we're having that too. It's in small amounts. But wait till the church is taken away and all hell is released. And they appear on the land in Revelation 9 at the appearance of Apollyon, who CERN is saying they're trying to make him come through that portal. Did you not read Revelation? I mean, you got science working with the Bible, and yet John wrote this so long ago, the Bible wrote. In other words, we were right there. And the reason why it took so long to teach you on this is because it may seem way out there, but it's really not. The technology is here. They're using it. And most people will be deceived, but not radiant people and hopefully other people. I don't know too many teachers or pastors who are teaching on this type of series. Number one, it takes a lot of research, a lot of knowledge, and a lot of understanding. That's why, you know what? We need to build our international ministry to release these teachings to the world. Amen? Get people prepared. Get people prepared for what is about to hit the earth. And I don't know if we have a lot of time. But let's stand in the house of the Lord. Let's go ahead and close. Will you please bow your heads? Close your eyes. I, I need to do this. We have people watching us even online. And you that are here with your heads bowed, eyes closed. If there's anyone in here who says, you know, Pastor... It scares me because I'm not really tight with God. Or maybe you've never even asked Jesus to come into your heart. The Bible says there's only one way to avoid all this. It's to come into a relationship with Jesus. He said he was the way, the truth, and the life. No man can come to the Father but by him. If you are doubting even right now in your heart, if there's a little bit of doubt that you're a Christian or that you would go with Christ in the rapture, then you're not saved because those who know God don't doubt. But I got good news for you. It hasn't happened yet. You're here. I don't want you to be ashamed. I don't want you to be, it doesn't matter. Who cares what your neighbor thinks? Who cares what I think? Jesus, when he hung on the cross, the Bible says he was naked and unashamed and he did it for you. If there's anyone in this place that's pastor, I need to get right with God. I want you to raise your hand right now. Go ahead, raise your hand. I see your hand. Anybody else? Anybody else? Come on, be bold. If you need to be right with God, I need you to raise your hand. Thank you. Let's do this. I want you, I thank you for being so bold. I want you to come, I want to pray for you. Come on up here. You guys come up here. Come up here. We're going to pray for you. 
and anybody else, I want you to walk, I want you to be bold. Listen, now's not the time to be politically cragged and try to be cool in the church. We don't care how cool you are. You're not impressing me at all. If you don't know Jesus or you're like half-baked or you're barely, you know, you're, if you're even living in sin, then you need a relationship upgrade. If you're living with someone you're not married to, you need a relationship upgrade. You need to get saved. Thank you for the two who aren't. They, they were the ones clapping. I'm going to take a few more minutes. Anyway, if there's anybody in here whose heart, you know you need God to touch you. Or maybe you are saved and you know you're saved, but you have been really loosey-goosey. I'm asking you to repent right now. I'm asking, hey, listen, when I study this stuff, man, it's like, Lord, I, I'm doing my repentance. <laughs> I'm looking at this stuff. I don't want no devil telling me I'm not a real Christian. I want the oh, still of God, move on, Terminator. Those days are coming soon. So that's you. You're not sure or you don't know and or that seal is like kind of broken or something. You're not sure about that. Come on up. Let's pray for you. Let's do a song and then we're going to close. We're going to go home. Can you lead us to a song? Well, and just come up and walk and, and come to one of these altar workers. We'll pray for you. We thank you for your participation in another broadcast of A Radiant Moment. This broadcast is brought to you by the generous giving and donations of our listening audience. If this program has been a blessing to your life, you can help us expand our listening audience by giving a financial donation at RadiantLifeAZ.com. Simply click the online giving tab and fill out the amount God has placed in your heart. For service times, live streaming, and location, visit us online at RadiantLifeAZ.com. Tune in next time as we bring another relevant and radiant word for your life today. Until next time, and remember, God loves you. Thank you.